0: Super Talk Mississippi media production. Toyota of Brookhaven has been voted best new car dealership in Southwest Mississippi four years in a row. Come see the difference. Exit 40 Brookhaven or online at toyotofbrookhaven.com. Great service, great savings. At Toyota of Brookhaven, we deliver. His passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend Josh Morgerman, iCyclone, the cu- the top hurricane chaser in the world, who makes his base station Bay St. Louis, Mississippi during the hurricane season. He's actually building a house there, a hurricane house. We'll get an update on that here in just a second. Uh, he actually has a very, very successful marketing firm in L.A. That's where he makes his real living, but he's made you know hurricane chasing a living, too, so he's got kind of a dual life these days. Uh, speaking of uh, chases, before we get to far away from Adelia. You you found your, you know, you as you always magically are able to do, no matter how severe the terrain might be, you find your way into the eye of a storm. How was this eye? How was Adelia's eye?
0: Well, it was an interesting uh, storm. So it had, you know, the eye wall, the core of it was kind of falling apart as it came ashore. And so it felt like a, a lot of sort of decaying hurricanes i've been in where the the winds in the core of the hurricane were not steady they were very uneven so it would be like not so bad and then you get these crazy destructive gusts just out of the blue the storm had like no rhythm it was basically pockets of violence separated by just kind of drizzly weather it was a very weird storm but unfortunately The worst part of it, the the West Eyewall, which was where the real kind of convective action was happening, unfortunately, that passed over the largest uh, town in that area. It's called Perry. It's actually the main population center between Tallahassee and Tampa. They got a direct hit. And there was, was you know, I wouldn't call it catastrophic, but there was extensive damage around the town. You know, some roofs ripped off, a lot of signs down, a lot of trees down, just the, the streets, you know, just littered with debris. It was... They got banged up pretty good. It reminded me a little bit of like the Mississippi coast after Zeta, not like a catastrophe, but banged up pretty good.
1: Yeah, a big mess. You know, there. if you go back and look at the models, it's interesting. The models, some of the most reliable models had it hitting more to the west, and some of, some of them had it hitting a little bit more to the east. They were kind of varied, really. But um, but that that northern trajectory, if it had hit in the Panacea region and then headed toward Tallahassee, it would have been a mess. It would have been a mess for, for, for that area. But, you know, again, um, you can't say that um, when a storm hits Fort Myers and Devastates Fort Myers Beach the way that it did, uh, or that a storm hits something like Perry, and you say, you know, and it gives them pretty significant challenges. That Florida. Dodged a bullet because they literally did not dodge the bullet. But when you think about the main population centers that once again were spared, that could have been a you know just absolute catastrophic impact to the insurance industry, et cetera, um, you know, I would say for Florida better count as lucky stars at least as of this stage of the game, wouldn't you say?
0: Absolutely. And you know here's the deal. A hurricane is, is, is large. Like when you look at it, it's a big system, it's hundreds of miles across. but, but the, the real bad part, the inner core, the thing we call the eye wall, that's actually a relatively small part of, of even a large hurricane. And that, the, the, the sort of core of a major hurricane hits a major American city pretty it's pretty rare. Like It doesn't actually happen that much that a major American city gets like a direct hit like that. Mobile got it in 1979 with Frederick. They got in that worst part. Corpus Christi got it in 1970 with Celia. They got a direct hit from a four, category four. Um, you know, Miami got it in 1926 and in 1950. Category 4 is directly hitting the city, but that was before Miami was what it is today. But it's, uh, Charleston got it in 1989 with Hugo. But it doesn't actually happen that much because it's a it's a pretty small part of the hurricane. And when it does, we're talking billions and billions and billions of dollars in damage.
1: Okay, so let's shift gears. Um, we're going to talk about the latest installments of Weather Spy that people can download. I mean, you can get it from just about any source that you can get streaming from. Uh, we're going to we're going to we're going to see what's latest at Weather Nation. But before we do that, how's Hurricane House coming?
0: Hurricane House is coming. It uh it's looking good. It has the James Hardy siding on it now, so it looks like now it's really kind of, you know, the porch columns are done. So it's really, it's really starting to like I'm getting a feel for like how the house is gonna look. And it's really exciting. And I you know I take pictures of it every every day and I send them to my mother. It's like I feel like I'm sharing baby pictures. It's like it's getting almost weird. But uh we're uh we're shooting for uh, October 31st move-in date. That's for my builder Bo Ladner of Paramount Contracting, who's been awesome. He's been the master mastermind behind this project and he uh, he tells me uh october 31st is what we're shooting for and i'm i'm getting very excited about it it's uh, it's really coming together it's uh, i think it's gonna be a beautiful house it's very very uh, it celebrates the kind of arch- architectural traditions of this region because i wanted to i wanted an old house but i couldn't find just the right one but uh but that thing's gonna be a bunker
1: yeah, like I know terms- it is I mean, from from the from the you know, past conversations you and I have had, similar to what we did here at my house, you went for the gold standard, which has very specific you know engineering requirements. So the, you knew the bones are going to be good. What's cool about the pictures that you're posting now is that, as you pointed out, the architectural feel of it is beginning to be revealed and, and it feels it feels right for Bay St. Louis.
0: okay, good. I'm glad you said that. I, i'm I'm flattered when I when a Mississippian, a true native Mississippian, gives it the stamp of approval, I feel good. I will say that the house is 100% Mississippi project. The woman who designed it, the team that's building it—I mean, literally every every everyone on the team, everyone's like a native Mississippian. So it really is a a Mississippi project, a Mississippi it, house.
1: It's come together really nicely. Um, okay, so one of the things about being with Adelia, not just posting with your cyclone social media stuff, but it's also reporting for Weather Nation. How's that relationship going?
0: Really good. I mean, the thing I love about working with Weather Nation is they really let me be me. You know, they they let they give me the freedom. They, they don't treat me like a normal correspondent where they're like, okay, we want you to be here or there, they just—they know I'm just—I'm the hunting dog. I'm going after it. I'm just going to report from the road as I'm going. And that—that that freedom, the creative freedom that they give me, is just—it means everything to me. And it's a—it's a cool. i said this before. It's a very cool kind of entrepreneurial environment where they let you kind of—you know—come up with new content ideas and they, they let me run with them. And it's cool. It's a great sandbox creatively.
1: You know what I've noticed, Josh, in the in the um, weather blogs that I spend my time in, that there are a lot of rookies that are now out there trying to chase storms now. And, uh, I, I, you I, you know, here you are in the eye of the storm, but I, I wonder how many cars you see now moving around in the eye of a storm that weren't there three or four or five years ago.
0: It's funny you mention that because on this particular chase of Idalia is, is the first time I really... Noticed it, you know, it had a pretty small eye, and there was there are a lot of people chasing it. I think hurricane chasing has suddenly gotten very popular. I'll tell you why it is because the U.S. is since 2017 has had this unbelievable run of big hurricane impacts, so it's on people's minds, and you know, and there's a lot of guys who just well, you know, they could just drive 100 miles and boom, be in a hurricane. So it's kind of like popular right now, but I I never noticed it until this chase and it kind of, you know, only about a third of my chasing is in the United States. I'm global. You know, I I, like most of my chasing is actually abroad. It's outside of the United States. And I will say that when I, when I go outside of the United States to Mexico, to Australia, to Taiwan, I enjoy that. Like a lot of times that it's like the hurricane. I have it all to myself. You know, it's like, it's kind of, and it allows you, it's not that I'm selfish, but you know, when you go out and cover an event, I think, I think the thing that's really, that makes it meaningful is to capture it, and Have a unique angle on it, a unique story to tell, to, to share footage that no one else has gotten. And if you're in some place where there's like 20 other guys, like you know, in that town, you're not gonna you're not gonna bring anything unique to the picture. So I think it's like the further you are from home, the more value you bring when you chase and when you document a storm.
1: Hey, listen, I'm, I'll tell you one thing I noticed: a couple of guys putting themselves in very, very, very risky scenarios, and I thought to myself. Um, especially surge surge areas, that, I, that if the slosh models are correct or maybe this goes one degree too much the way that they are, they could be in serious trouble. And there is a storm on the horizon that's going to fit that description, and these rookies are going to be in a position where they're just going to get washed away with the structure that they're sitting in, and they're dangerous. I mean, they're just gotten dangerous.
0: With this particular storm, I saw a lot of people freaked out because there were some chasers on Cedar Key. Um, I would have been on Cedar Key, too. The only reason I wasn't on Cedar Key was because the hurricane didn't go there. The hurricane missed it by like 60 miles. But what a lot of people don't know is like Cedar Key has hills. It's not like coastal Mississippi. So it, there, there actually are places to, to like, like there are places to retreat to. There are hills on Cedar Key, so it wasn't as suicidal or as daredevilly, I think, as a lot of people thought from home. So yeah. that's one thing I'll but say about was, that. there was I think one that was,
1: guy, one guy that I followed that was actually in a house on the beach. That, that's not a good place to be. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just telling you.
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, that's, you know, the way I I, I always have, I have mixed feelings about this because, listen, I feel like any any storm chaser or anyone who's doing this, you know, especially, you know, really hardcore, you know, we're all kind of living a risky lifestyle. And I know where my line is, and I can't tell anyone else where their lines should be. So and I always you know, so you know I, well. I refrain from commenting on anyone else's chasing. That's yeah, always I been my because policy. I think
1: about high end in the Philippines and Lord knows what else. Which people can actually watch on Weather Spy. We don't have we're out of time for today, but go to Weather Spy and see Josh's program. Um, tell them real quick the details.
0: So my show, Mission Hurricane. It's a series every Sunday night. Actually, I think the last episode, the last of 13 episodes is this coming Sunday night, 6 p.m. Central Time on Weather Spy, which you can get on many, many streaming platforms.
1: Weather Spy and uh, Mission Hurricane. You'll be glad you did. It's extraordinarily well produced. Hey, Josh, it's been a pleasure to catch up with you, my friend. Thanks, Ricky.
0: It's always awesome to come on the Ricky Matthews show.
1: You bet. Hey, we'll see you when we come back on the other side. We'll see you after this.
0: It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi.
1: Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show from the STMM Digital Studio right here on Valexi's Back Bay. I want to welcome you to the show that celebrates the people who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. Hey, listen, the hurricane season has been kind of quiet. It's been quiet, which you would expect with an El Nino year. And even though they said that we should expect some, a lot of storms, still because of the 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 uh, the the heat heat Content in the water, you know. We've seen some of that. We heard saw Hurricane Idalia go into the uh, the Big Bend area of uh, Florida, uh, but you know, here we've been mostly mostly lucky. Let's hope that continues. But I thought it'd be a good time to invite my friend Josh Morganman, uh, who has a reality TV show on Weather Spy. He's a correspondent for Weather Nation. He's building Hurricane House in Bay St. Louis, even though his base station is in L.A. And uh, he uh, is the top hurricane chaser in the world. He went to chase Idea, for example. We'll talk about that here in just a minute. So without any further ado, let me welcome my friend Josh Morganman back to the show. How you doing, my friend?
0: Awesome, Ricky. Thanks for having me back. I always like, like coming back on the Ricky Matthews show.
1: <laughs> hey, listen, uh, listen, I had the opportunity to go to Panacea. Uh, and I know that you actually and, you're, and, you're, and you can talk about this in just a second, but the way you go figure out where you're going to be, you do a lot of kind of pre-driving around and you figure out about where the storm might hit so you know the lay of the land and we'll talk about that in a second but I actually I uh, was in Panacea and man, I was surprised um, where I stayed was about uh, between 40 and 50 miles from, you know, west of where the storm went in, okay and and um, and I went on a I went on a run while I was there about a four and a half mile run and and you know I saw some down leaves limbs here and there and some you know a lot of pine needles on the ground and whatever but. Man, I was amazed, and you know how how they got out the hook. I mean, to be that close to that eye, they got out the hook. The, the fact is that that storm kind of started to fall apart in a big way, and that really helped uh, what could have otherwise been a pretty significant hit. But what was your read on it, uh, being having been over there?
0: Yeah, you know it was really interesting the way it just kind of fell apart the, the hurricane at the last second. You know these Gulf Coast hurricanes, it's really interesting. You know there were years and years where every hurricane that was that was moving north um, into the the U.S. Gulf Coast, every single one of them would weaken and unravel as it came in. Katrina, being an example, didn't unravel enough, obviously, because it caused the highest storm surge ever recorded in the Western Hemisphere in Mississippi, but when why is it really kind of fell apart as it came in? Rita, I mean, all those like hurricanes from the mid 2000s. Folks got it in their heads that hurricanes moving into the U.S. Gulf Coast always weaken. And then in the last few years, we've had the opposite. We've had a bunch of them just totally bomb out and turn into monsters right before they come in. And it looked like Adalia was going to kind of continue that more recent trend. And Adalia was like almost like a step back to what we were having 20 years ago, where it just kind of fell apart as it came in. It was very interesting. You could see it on radar. It had this tight little core, looked really scary. And then in those final hours, it just kind of turned to scrambled eggs. Uh, It was still impactful when it came in, but it was kind of a mess of a storm.
1: Yeah, my friend who has a restaurant on the water in Panacea, and then he has uh, he owns a couple of townhomes near, nearby there. Um, and I was worried for him because, you, know, if, if, you know, again, if this thing had stayed together, and the in this case the northeast quadrant of the storm as it approached the, the Gulf, excuse me, approached the shore, it could have had very substantial impact. Um, uh, storm surge. And the reality was it had storm surge. They all do. But um you know, the slosh models on the storm surge for Adelia, in most cases, didn't bear out. I mean, it, it certainly high storm surge, and for that one little sliver of coastline, thank God, for, for the most part, that part of the coastline, incidentally, is not well populated. Um, they did It did create some big-time challenges, but it could have been devastating. It could, like, again, here we are talking about Tampa again. You, you saw concerns a couple of years in a row that Tampa could be, could be the moment for Tampa, and, and it Didn't turn out that way again. People say the Tampa shield worked once again.
0: Yeah, the Tampa thing is really weird. You know, Tampa is a great example of just just the kind of irregularity of hurricane patterns. You know, of all the major cities and towns along the entire U.S. Gulf Coast, from from Texas all the way to Florida Keys, Tampa has gone the longest without a direct hit from a major hurricane. Last time it happened was. I think October 30th 1921 so it's been over a century and you know it's going to happen at some point and the shape of that bay and everything is just an invitation to a disaster because it if a hurricane comes in at just the right angle that bay is just like a funnel um that that would cause you know just sort of like St. Louis Bay actually here you know in Mississippi where it could it could it could really augment a storm surge and and, you know it's a very densely populated area so it's it is a disaster waiting to happen um you know and it's going to happen at some point you know and and one thing i want to say is you know there's no shield there you know pensacola had gone really 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 long without a hurricane and then starting in the you know starting in the mid-90s it just started getting nailed again and again uh you know look at louisiana Went a long time without any major hurricanes, and then, and then, twenty 2020 twenty to twenty twenty one, a bunch of really intense hurricanes just kept wailing on Louisiana. So, you know, that's kind of how hurricanes are—they kind of, they kind of like, they leave a place alone, and then they just decide to like pick on it, you know, and, and not let up.
1: Well, one of the things that's working for us this year is, again, it's an El Nino year, and what you would normally see is a lot of hostile. Environments, particularly in the upper atmosphere, when it when it deals to the main development region. So, what we would probably expect to happen if there's going to be any storms, that are going to hit like the northern Gulf. Now, from this point forward, would be more homegrown systems. Maybe a seed of some sort gets into the Gulf, and then something develops from that. But we've been lucky, actually. I mean, we we watched Hurricane leave, It seemed like forever as it headed toward Canada, and um, you know, just just around for such a long. Long time, we were we've been lucky in that the Bermuda, Bermuda High set up in certain a certain way that allowed those all those storms as you talk as you talk about to become fish storms, and um, and for yeah. the most part, I mean obviously they're peripheral impacts to the United States, but the reality is we've been really lucky because I mean once again here's a storm that ramped up you know more than once to become major status incredible what what what's happened.
0: Yeah, well, Lee, Lee to me, uh, Hurricane Lee, is is a perfect sort of symbol of this year. You know, we talk about this year being very unique, where we have an El Nino, which tends to create a hostile environment, tends to suppress hurricane activity in the Atlantic. But we also have these extremely warm sea surface temperatures. So we've got two sort of conflicting uh, sort of factors that are kind of battling each other. And I felt like that battle played out with Lee. You know, it's, it became a hurricane and the thing just exploded, went nuclear, got up to Cat5 because of those sea surface temperatures. And then what happened? The shear got it, which is an El Nino thing. That El Nino shear just tore that thing up and it got all deformed and kind of unraveled. And I feel like that's there we go. The two, the clash of the titans this year, the warm sea surface temperatures and the... And, and the sheer were just duking it out in Lee. I think Lee is like a symbol of this hurricane season. You know, one of one of the
1: things that I watch, and you, you see how I post about it to my personal Facebook page because I have a lot of friends and family who lean on me to say, hey, sort through all this hype and tell me what I need to worry about, okay? We saw it with Adelia, and part of it was because Adelia initially was supposed to be this sloppy tropical storm when it made landfall. And then, of course, then the model started to pick up on, wait a minute, it's going to get this pocket of great conditions prior to landfall, and we expect it to potentially bomb out, and then it bombed out. But so much hyping going on on so- social media. Never was that more clear than with Hurricane Lee, though, because you know, any time there's a possibility, maybe one model shows it hitting New York City, and suddenly you have all these people swarming into all these tropical blogs and then they- then posting these single model run saying we're in trouble and we're going to get hit and some of this you know i figured this out the other day some of this is the business model for some of these tropical guys you know because they're looking for contributions in order to make their money and they would not be able to make money if they weren't hyping some so they're trying to thread the needle between too much hype and just enough hype to keep people coming back to their website but you see this a lot don't you
0: yeah, and it's definitely gotten worse, um, you know, in recent years. And I think it's just it's this is the, you know, social media is great. I love it. I've built a career on social media, you know, th- this democratization of of information, and we can all be our own newscasters, and we can all have an audience. But the downside is that there's just so much information out there. And I think that, you know, the average citizen you know, often has trouble outside of their area of expertise, they have trouble knowing what is good information and what isn't. And with Lee, you just had a lot of garbage out there. Just just people who know nothing about tropical cyclones saying ridiculous things and getting unbelievable traction. And it was, you know, it was really concerning and people really overreacted to uh, to Lee. One last thing I want to say about it is you know, it became a Category 5 in exactly the place and exactly the time of year that you'd expect that to happen. You know, deep in the tropical Atlantic in the first 10 days of September, there's actually nothing that unusual about it. You know, it's just that people are just so, they're. it's like, they're acting like all these things are new occurrences when they're actually just normal.
1: And when uh, when Josh lends his voice to it, he tries to bring sanity back to the conversation. And oftentimes, these guys don't want to hear sanity because the hype is what makes it makes it work for them. Hey, when we come back, we'll continue our conversation with Josh Morgan, and we'll see you after this break.
0: A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.